welcome everyone. Yeah. Whether you are joining us in person here or you're listening online or you're on Zoom, we are glad that you're here. We have the joy today of it being both Lay-Led Sunday with uh, Nancy Knox, Rod Swanson, and Morgan Nagel offering the sermons this morning. And also the day we will be ordaining and installing three incoming ruling elders, Nancy Knox, Pamela Green, and Connie Swanson, who will be serving on the Leadership Council. For those of you following along at home, we are, our readings this morning are Psalm 133 and Romans chapter 15, verses 2 through 7. And you'll find the complete announcements in your email. And in celebration of being together, let us stand in body and in spirit. And using a peace bow, let us pass the peace of Christ with one another. The peace of Christ be with you. And now, in preparation for worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, becoming still as you prepare to worship God. We gather, yes, we gather. God who blesses us. Thank you. 
We are called to worship God for the many blessings that God has given us and indeed for our very lives. Please join me in the corporate prayer of adoration and wholeness, followed by a period of silence. Let us pray. God of community, you call us to live in harmony with one another. When we do this, we find life and are thankful. When fear and fatigue draw us from your path, we seek forgiveness and restoration to the communities that support and encourage us. Amen. No matter what our feelings may be, we know that God offers us forgiveness, grace, and love. Let us now claim that assurance of forgiveness. When we feel isolated, when life seems too hard, when we gather together, granting forgiveness and new life.
Our first reading today is from Psalm 133. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Spirit of the living presence, open our minds and hearts to the reading and hearing of these ancient words that we might be attentive to your word for us today. In the name of the risen one, we pray. Amen. Look how good and pleasant it is when siblings live together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head that runs down the hair, down the long locks of a priest or prophet, down onto the collar of her robes. It is like the dew of the holy presence, which falls where God's people gather. There God has commanded God's blessing, life forevermore. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. second scripture today is from the book of Romans. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, quote, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice Glorify the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Here ends the reading. Today's scriptures from the Old and New Testament remind us to live together in harmony with one another. Here we are, 
we can glorify God with one voice. A few weeks ago, I read a guest essay in the New York Times about a specific kind of joy we've been missing during the pandemic. The essayist, Dr. Adam Grant, looks at how people find meaning and motivation in daily life. He wrote, quote, peak happiness lies mostly in collective activity. Grant based his essay on the idea of collective effervescence, a term coined by Emile Durkheim in 1912 to describe the transfiguring sacred experience of religious practice in groups. Have we, has Seventh Avenue Presbyterian Church experienced collective effervescence during the pandemic? I live in walking distance of here, just over the hill at the top of 15th Street my 2012 marriage brought me to San Francisco. It was a late life merger of two homes and we ended up making our second home in the Sierra foothills in the tiny town of Sheep Ranch, population 37. We are often there on weekends. There aren't any churches in that little town. The best we can do there is an abandoned gas station so I church searched for a church in San Francisco with weeknight services. I found Wednesday evening Taze services here. Coming here for Taze made me want to come to Sunday services too. Soon I was singing in choir when I could be here and sometimes I even played my Celtic harp, but I wasn't here often enough. I am a church every Sunday person. I missed the collective effervescence. We were asked to talk this morning about what the church and our faith meant to us during these pandemic years. For me, Seventh Avenue Presbyterian became a pandemic gift thanks to recorded services. I am in church every Sunday again. Up in Sheep Ranch, I am part of the widespread SAPC diaspora. Our diaspora includes people who live far away, people with disabilities, people traveling to help family in other places, or like me, people who are just gone on weekends. In the pandemic, we all became part of this together apart congregation. So in that sense, we all became part of the diaspora. How did we worship together apart? Probably many of us joined through recorded services. I joined the service at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings with a candle burning and flowers set on the table next to the computer screen. Others joined differently on their own time, but they joined. I was also able to participate in other aspects of church life, a perspectives class, for instance. What a gift. I could remember and imagine being together when I listened to recorded services or joined Zoom to say prayer. In Zoom second hours, Despite all the challenges of the format, we could lay eyes on members and friends near and far, share joys and sorrows, gratitude and concerns. We could build each other up as neighbors. The miracle of technology brought us familiar voices. I appreciated all the voices in the church services, and it was an honor to join in myself. It was good to hear insightful and timely sermons. It was good to have children singing us out into the world every Sunday. How wonderful that Luba could lead us with music 
even when she was on maternity leave. <laughs> Samantha assembled layers of recorded musical harmony that truly expanded our experience. Robin played the violin for us. We were together in the recordings, just as if we were all here. Is it the same? No, it is not the same. And yet, it is not entirely different. Did it help to have been here? To have seen and heard you in person? Of course, it did. I hope every member of the diaspora will be here in this sanctuary whenever it is possible. The video camera may help make it so. It helps to be able to imagine being here. The more practice we have being here together, the more we imagine being here together, the better it works when we are apart. I know we are all very grateful to Jono and to the information technology team for everything they have done for making the service today available to everybody. I am part of a new committee formed to care about the needs of our diaspora. I know we will keep thinking about how well hybrid services work and how to make them better. We will think about ways to let distant members and friends be part of every aspect of church life, church work, service, and stewardship. This pandemic is leading us to find new ways to glorify God with one voice. In the midst of a chaotic and challenging pandemic, we were together in harmony. Yes, it is good and pleasant. Being part of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church helped me, and it will continue to help me stay calm and content during this pandemic. It is precious oil. Thank you. Jesus Movement Charismatic, an ex-megachurch member. Like so many, I had given up on organized religion. Yet I was seeking a community that offered participation in spiritual life in the Christian tradition. Seventh Avenue's contemplative worship, holistic spirituality, and unity and diversity was like coming home. When asked to speak about how participation in 7th Avenue carried me through the pandemic, eight examples came immediately to mind. First of all, the congregation's regular weekly recorded worship, lovingly crafted, with so many voices of members giving voice to prayers and liturgy wrapped in contemplative worship. I love the children's bells and singing Go Now in Peace so much that I recorded it to share with friends and family. The social hours with smiling faces and Zoom name tags, all checking in on one another's well-being and sharing concerns. The small groups, 
where more extended and intimate knowing of one another deepened relationships. The monthly Teze service, steeped in candlelight and chants, sustained our shared contemplative practices. Perspectives offered lay-led adult education on many topics, including one from Dale Trunk on Fratelli Tutti, translated All Brothers. The encyclical calls for more fraternity and solidarity, and it is a plea to reject wars. Two companions on the inner way brought attending a multi-day retreat to a new virtual level with content from speakers, small group breakouts, music, prayer, prompts for personal reflection and integration. In March, Luther Smith and Brian McClellan shared habits and practices for a new normal. Luther expanded my appreciation for the wisdom of African-American mystic Howard Thurman. And Brian shared actions we can take for Christianity after Trump. In August, Carolyn Foster and Sharon Edwards used embodied practices for liminal time to reveal the wisdom of incarnation. Both retreats brought sound teaching, spiritual practices, and encouragement during a time of worldwide crisis and confusion. Both retreats were again enfolded in contemplative music by Luba. I look forward to actually attending the Companions in person. The murder of George Floyd awakened a multiculture, multi-generation, and interfaith protest against racism around the world. And it inspired Nick Enders to form our anti-racism group. As a member of the group, we studied and lamented the historical complicity of the church in systemic racism. It is encouraging that other churches within the San Francisco Presbytery are doing this as well. But my most surprising and encouraging experience has been as a member of our mission study team. Being a member of Seventh Avenue for only two years, I gained an appreciation for our unique history. My role is to study the demographics of our neighborhood, which turns out to be very similar to all of San Francisco. Multiple sources were used, including Mission Insight, the 2020 US Census, Experience Consumer View, Pew Research, Gallup Poll, and the Public Religion Institute. Here is what surprised me. We have far more in common with our neighbors and the nation than our single issue differences. Comparing our study area to the national average of concerns about family, community, career, financial matters, personal health, as well as social and moral issues, our study area varies only a few percentage points from the national average across 38 of the 43 beliefs measured. The most dramatic change in the data was the increase in people's non-affiliation with organized religion and yet consider themselves spiritual. 
The top reason for not participating in religious congregation or community was religious people are too judgmental. Here is what encouraged me. The strongest shared belief was God is love and invites the world into a loving relationship. The research data mirrors my own experience. Giving up on organized religion, yet searching for a spiritual life in community with others, sharing personal experience, scripture, and tradition. Seventh Avenue, and by that I mean you, carried me through the pandemic by experiencing God as love and inviting us all into a loving relationship with the world. Thank you. I have been very confused on how to love this year. On the one hand, I was preparing for a wedding, an event filled with so much love, physical touch, and closeness with others. On the other, I was preventing myself from getting and spreading a virus. I remember a phrase I would mumble to myself a lot in March 2020, April 2020, June 2020, was when things go back to the way they were. I constantly clung to the idea that things were always going to go back to the way they were. I would move calendar events a couple of months out thinking, surely by this time, things will be back to the way they were. And slowly I started to delete the calendar events rather than move them. We'll circle back to this when things are back to normal again. Let's revisit this in a couple of months. Let's put a pin in this for now. This event has been canceled until further notice. The further notice never came for most things. And in all of this plan canceling, I heard a voice calling out my name, a force of nature that was helping me make decisions when decisions were so hard to make. And this voice, I believe, was God's. I slowly started to realize I was not going to be able to make decisions in the way I used to. My default before March 2020 was to people-please my way through life. I enjoyed making other people happy, and I didn't even think about how it was sometimes at the expense of myself. I ignored myself and my needs, and I felt like I was making God happy by making others happy. But in my time alone, or rather with God, at the beginning of the pandemic, with no events to plan, no hangouts or dinners to go to, I was for the first time in a long time thinking of myself more hours a day than I thought of anyone else. I didn't realize I had gotten so carried away with giving to the point where it didn't feel like giving anymore. And in the world outside myself, I had polarizing opinions in my life. 
I could no longer make everyone happy with my choices. A choice that would make some rejoice made others angry and vice versa. For the first time, people I loved had different definitions of what was safe. I turned to God hoping to find a way to live that I couldn't see before, perhaps a third way that could work for everyone. And then there was a moment of clarity where I realized not only were things never going to go back to the way they were, but I was not able to go back to the way I was. After years of navigating decisions, putting my needs last, I slowly started to get more comfortable telling others what I wanted, and more importantly, what I needed. God helped me with this. God was the one who created me and my needs. I started to feel this noticeable unclenching, a wave of relief that I didn't have to hold all of the things I had been holding for years. Emotional things, mostly, that others seemed to drop in my ready and willing lap. So to answer the question of how my faith has carried me through this global pandemic, I would say God scooped me up and carried me away from old patterns that were no longer serving me and delivered me to a place of presence. I am no longer confused on how to love. I learned that love doesn't mean hiding your feelings from another person if you think they won't land well. It's about how to communicate your feelings with love, putting everything out in the open. And now, even when there is less physical closeness with others, I've learned how to foster emotional closeness even better than how I did before. Would you please stand as you are able as we affirm our faith together? We believe in God, who delights when we gather as a people. We believe in Christ, who shows us how to welcome one another as siblings. We believe in Holy Spirit, who enables us to build up our neighbors as we live together in love. This we believe.
As we gather now to join our voices together, we do so with the assurance that God is present with us. After each petition, the prayer will say, God in your grace, and the congregation will respond, you hear our prayers. We pray first for the world, this planetary community we are a part of, and then for those close to us in this community. Let us pray. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ, you taught us to pray and to offer our petitions to you in his name. Guide us by your Holy Spirit that our prayers for others may serve your will and show your steadfast love. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. We voice now our prayers for the world. We release these prayers, those spoken and those said silently in our hearts, confident of your presence with us in the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. This is the table that holds us. In our waiting for things to return as they once were, in our discovering we're different now and can't go back, and in our living the way forward. This is the table that invites us to come just as we are. For there is always enough bread, always enough love, and justice runs over like oil on the prophet's robes. This is the table that offers that mystery of presence, gathering us in body and in spirit that we might be fed. So come, not because you must, but simply because you may. Christ be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to God. Let us give thanks to the God of life. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Let us pray. Holy God, Mother of life, in the beginning your abundance flowed forth, birthing sweet possibility, 
and an unyielding river of hope. Delighted in what was born, you wrapped creation in your love, witnessing its complexity and beauty, its ability to persevere and be transformed by that love. You beheld the soil, taking in the dying and offering sustenance for life. You breathed in the air, blanketing the earth. You were present to the smoothing of stones and the trickling of waters. With the belief of a midwife, you witnessed the labor of the learned builders in rivers, earth, and sky, beavers and ants, swallows and honeybees, the teachers of challenging barriers, diving loons and migrating salmon, those who model care for community, whales and water buffaloes, wolves and elephants. And out of the beauty of the night, you held watch for our arrival, their younger siblings, and inspired us to believe in one another, knit together, formed and reformed, strengthened by vision, love, hope. We were greeted by this spirit of hope in Jesus the Christ, a friend who knew the thirst of the desert and the renewal of community. He taught us as he walked through the whole of life, including death, and in resurrection beckoning us to believe we are able to arise and follow. Therefore, with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy one, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our God. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Sweet mystery, pour out your spirit, we pray on this cup, juice from the vine, that it might be for us the life of Christ. Pour out your spirit, we pray on this bread, wheat from the field, that it might be for us, the body of Christ. Pour out your spirit, we pray on us, your gathered people, that we might truly know we are the body of Christ. Pour out your spirit, we pray. And now we are bold to use the words that Jesus taught us, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with friends, and he took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it, saying, Take, eat, do this, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant, poured out for the forgiveness of sin and sealed with my love. Take, 
drink. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we drink from one cup and break from one loaf, we proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of the Christ until we feast with him in glory. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them and feast on them in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. God of love, you have fed us in word, in silence, in song, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and praise. Amen. As we go out into the world this week, let's remember our gratitude for God, for how our beloved congregation responded to the challenges of the pandemic by finding beautiful and creative ways to glorify God with one voice in collective effervescence. Mm -hmm. 
that our strongest shared belief with others across this diverse land is God is love. And that God is always ready to help us claim the power of loving self-care and to communicate our truth with love. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be loved, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. Amen.